I'm Jessica, and this is Debak K Rambles, where a couple of friends review Korean dramas. And welcome to episode two of season four. And for this episode, I am joined by the legendary Jenna Marisa from the K3 <laughs> YouTube and podcast. How are you guys? What's up? Oh, yeah. Good. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you very much. That was quite an intro, the legendary. (laughs) You guys are legendary, you know. We're just Ajumas. What? (laughs) Ajumas, I can't believe that. Um, I feel like an Ajuma. I had someone on YouTube comment, calm down, Ajuma, and I was like, never. (laughs) You got (laughs) to... We're starting with a bang because you got a YouTube comment that says, calm down, Ajuma, and like... Ugh, thank God you're on the uh, the other side of the right? screen because, you I know. Just, I just laughed. I just thought it was funny. I was like, no, eh, no, I'm not going to do it. No. <laughs> not going to take that bait. <laughs> so I literally responded. I literally responded never with an emoji of like, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm relatively new to like comments and stuff because I have been doing TikTok for a few months now and oh, it's just gotten like goodness. progressively like... I guess people just like find the videos offensive or whatever. And it's like very mild. Like, I don't even think I'm like saying anything crazy, but you know, people in the comments start arguing and like, I I mean, it is what it is. And then you guys are on YouTube, which is like the OG, like, uh, troll central. Oh, so I don't know how you guys, I will say overall though, we've been really lucky. Like we have, we've had a few moments where it got crazy. I I will not invoke any particular actress's name, but there was a group that got really, really fired up that we did not love her with the same fervor that they did. And it got ugly for a minute, but I think that's right. Maurice. I think that's the only really a big one that (laughs) happened. Right. Yeah, we get the occasional comment, but we also have such an amazing crew of uh, K-drama lovers that we chat with regularly, mm. and they'll jump in and, like, oh. take on the fight, and they're, they're pretty, they're really awesome. Yeah, I, yeah, we, I, we really have, we've built quite a community over there on YouTube, so it's just, it's, a, it's like almost like hanging out with, it truly has become just hanging out with friends now, because we've yes. known them for so many years now, and you just know their handles, and that's, so it's been great. Yeah. yeah, that's how I feel yeah. it is for me on Instagram. Not yet on TikTok, so we'll see whenever that sort of like shakes out in a more positive direction. But um, I we took a like hard left turn into this episode, hard left. so yeah, yes. I'm gonna Apologies. try and get us back on track. In case, <laughs> in, case, in case you guys don't know, um, Jen and Marisa have been YouTubing and podcasting for a long time. When I kind of started my Debak accounts, you guys were already like super uh, popular and just had such great takes and were a wonderful voice in the K-drama community already. And so when season four rolled around... Yes. Great to hear. Oh, it's, I know. I know. <laughs> so when season four rolled around, I was like, I have to have you guys on the show. I really hope we can, we can do this. And it worked out. We're going to review Healer today. And I hope that 
all of Yuji Changwook fans are happy because I had reviewed the K2 on season one with Rico and a lot of people like came at me and were like, you haven't seen Healer. How can you not have seen Healer? All this stuff. Even on like a little bit on TikTok where I was just like commenting back to people like, oh, I haven't seen it yet. They're like, you have to watch Healer. Oh, my God. So it's I've heard you guys. I, I, I'm sorry, Jess. I, is this your first Healer watch? Yeah, this is my first <gasps> Healer watch. Yeah. This is uh, yeah. all right. So I was like, Jen is stunned. She's stunned. She can't. She got no words. So I'm here. What? We're here. We're gonna do this. We're gonna review Healer and sit back and relax because I got two people with me that are well versed in the Healer world and in Jitangmuk as well. So. Without further ado, um, housekeeping, if this is your first time listening, thank you so much and go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all of them. If you like us, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And of course, like I said, I'm on the socials all the time. Come check us out. Come say hi and obviously stay up to date on everything that we're doing here. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at DebakPod. And lastly, if you're a fan, the best way to be a fan is to become a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved, show your support, and get so much extra content because I'm constantly posting on the Patreon page. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. And thank you to our patrons, Janet, Curtis, Bale, Cindy, CD, and Grace. All right. With all that out of the way, I'm going to get started. I'm going to read the My Drama List synopsis, and we're going to go through behind the, the camera, who's in front of the camera, and then we're going to do non-spoiler section. Spoilers, you know the drill. So let's go. Synopsis reads, So Chung Wu is a special kind of night courier known only as healer by his clients. For the right price and with the help of a genius hacker, he gets his clients whatever they want, as long as it doesn't involve murder. His latest job leads him to a second-rate tabloid writer, Che Jong. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like, I'm, I haven't read this actually. I just like copied and pasted it in here. Second-rate tabloid writer, <laughs> Che Yong Shin, and the successful reporter Kim Muno. He begins to uncover the mystery of his own shared past with the two reporters, thus putting them all in danger. All right, so Healer aired from December to December 2014 to February 2015 it's 20 episodes long is directed by Lee jung Sub, who has also directed Dalian Hockey Prince from 2021 Angel's Last Mission from 2019 and Queen for 7 Days from 2017 I see you guys making faces and like cheering <laughs> what what do you have to say about some of his previous filmography and more current filmography Dalian the Hockey Prince was one of it, it Remember, Marisa, like it just kind of at first I was like, I'm not sure. And then we, I just fell in love with it. I thought it was a, I thought it was one of the fu- more fun uh, dramas for sure that year. Yeah. And, and then Queen for Seven Days yes. was just a heartbreakingly haunting, beautiful historical with Park Min Young. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. One of the best. Yep. I cannot say that I have had the pleasure of watching Delhi and Kaki Prince yet and Queen for Seven Days yet. So they have, honestly, they've been on my watch list for years now. And Queen for Seven Days is one of those where I'm like, do I have a break where I can like dive deep on like a cool ass historical Saguk K drama? And like, no, I'm never like in that headspace. <laughs> for the past like couple of years, I've been like, well, I don't know. Like, should I do it? And then I find something else to watch. So I really need to like hustle and do it because I know 
that I would love both of these shows. <laughs> so, uh, so that's Lee Jung Sub, the first director, and then the second director or his co-director is Kim Jinu. He's directed A Model Family, Suits, Queen of Mystery, and Good Doctor. A couple of these have like so Good Doctor was made into an American show, and then Suits was a remake of the um, Western show. So kind of interesting how he's like flopping back and forth between remakes and originals, but. Uh, I think you can obviously see like where their strengths lie because Delhi and Cocky Prince, Angel's Last Mission, those are like more romantic shows. And then Suits, Good Doctor. I mean, not that Good Doctor didn't have romance in it, but these are more serious, message heavy, sometimes more action or legal dramas. So I'm interested to like talk about how Healer kind of meshed both of their styles both of what they're good at. And Healer was written by Song Jina. She's been writing movies and TV shows since the late 90s, including The King in Love from 2017 and Faith from 2012. When I read that she had <laughs> she had written Faith from 2012, I like got like whiplash because I was like, oh my God, I remember watching that way early in my K-drama watching career in like 2012 and that was like the second Lee Min Ho drama that I had ever watched because it was like Boys Over Flowers then I like dove deep into Lee Min Ho (laughs) Jen's like trying to (laughs) she's covering her mouth like oh my god honestly I am so like quote-unquote new to the Lee Min Ho fandom like I think my first Lee Min Ho was um Legends of the Blue Sea so I don't know Uh, Faith or and I've never watched don't judge me I never watched Boys Over Flowers there's no judgment on this show. <laughs> if you haven't watched Boys Over Flowers, you've been like touched by an angel because most people have watched Boys Over Flowers and the common consensus nowadays is that it's aged terribly. And that's what I said too when we covered it on their show. I was like, this is like unwatchable. Like I can't believe that this brought me into this world and was like my one of my gateway dramas because it's so terrible. Anyway, that was like a whole nother conversation that was, <laughs> yeah. I had like an existential crisis. I really did have like a crisis on the show. I was like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but like, it's terrible. So anyway, <laughs> no. uh, a lot I of fun. It is. <laughs> it, 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 yes and no, exactly. Um, Healer stars. Ji Chang-wook, like I said, he plays Healer and a couple of other names like So Jung-woo. And he's been in roles like from Love Struck in the City, Suspicious Partner, The K2, which we covered on the podcast, Empress Key, Five Fingers, Warrior Baek Dong-soo, which I had a funny story about Baek Dong-soo when I watched that show um, years ago. I thought that he was going to end up with another, <laughs> the what turned out to be the second female lead I was like waiting and waiting and waiting and I was like he has such good chemistry with her like they do so well together and then like I misread the entire show he ends up with this other girl who was like turns out to be the (laughs) the real like female lead and I lost my shit I was like oh my I was felt betrayed because I just had sort of like I projected that he was gonna end up with this other girl and I like I didn't read the tea leaves on it so I have. Ne- it's been a long time since I felt so like betrayed 
at the end of his show where I was like, I understand that this wasn't a romance show, but at the same time, right. I thought he was going to end up with this. Oh, God, it was so. Just, that was eye opening. I wasn't it was eye opening, but the Kate. The K2 for me was pretty close to that. Like I was, I, I wanted him with the older woman that he was hired to protect. Oh, yeah. That was, that was yeah. the relationship. That was yes. what I think, I think that's what everyone wanted. And when they kept oh, trying God. to force yes. feed us that lead, that, 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 that Yuna, uh, Yuna. Love, I was like, no, do you remember the ramen dance? I about, I like, uh, about, yeah, oh my yeah, God. Yeah. I just Stop couldn't. it. I just we <laughs> talked about it so we like, talked about this on our show too where i was like rico were you sensing like the sexual tension between ji tang and the older lady who's like essentially the villain of the show and he was like i didn't get any like he was like trying to like really? play it down and i was like are you kidding are you oh. kidding like he oh. should have ended up with that lady or there should have oh, yeah. been su- like a reckoning there because Wow, me and Jen are on the same wavelength though about the K two because I was like, oh, yeah. Yuna. The one visual I have is I was I think this is about when I was like I have to tap out of the show is when they got in, I think there was a huge car accident and he does some magical Ji Chang Wook like yes. you know ma- you know martial yes. arts magic and saves her in like the most dramatic way possible and I realized she was never gonna be the female lead and I'm like I can't watch this show. Like after that, like when he had the umbrella when they were in the rain, Quit. Like, I can't watch the show because I'm gonna be I'm gonna be table flipping mad by the time we get to episode sixteen. So <laughs> I just kept out. Okay. Um, I encourage you guys to uh, give the K two a try. If it, the, I think the scene where he saves her from the car wreck is like early, like episode two oh. or three or yeah. something. Oh yeah, yeah. It, yeah, I was. I was. <laughs> so you were like, I'm for done. This drama way early, way early. Yeah, sorry, we haven't even gotten to healer yet. I apologize. I am the queen no. Of it's fine. It's fine. Um, Marisa, do you have anything that you would like to add about the K two or Warrior Victimsu or any other Ji Changu's <laughs> drama? The K two. Marisa, what else do you have about the K two? Oh my god! So that K two was also very early in my K drama watching, and especially with the Yuna's ramen dance, I just I did, oh, well really from the beginning, her running through the streets of Paris barefoot. I just I did not. I was fascinated and horrified at the same time, and I like Jen. I did not get very far, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I well, dipped my toe into so many dramas and dropped them at the beginning of my K watching K drama watching experience but but luckily healer was one that I definitely watched the whole way through because, uh, man yeah. bad I think a there. lot of oh, people not there were some like I've heard mixed things about love struck in the city and I remember watching five fingers I don't know if you ever you've ever watched five fingers that was like a high episode count like weekend drama it was this drama oh, between no. him and his brother and they were like oh. Uh, piano prodigies like warring between each other and trying it was like this whole there was like a, a piano that they were trying to it, it was a lot and I never finished it because it was like this is going nowhere like they're just <laughs> and I didn't realize that it was yeah. such a high episode count so I just kept going and going and going anyway long story short I've watched plenty of Ji dramas I've said yeah. this on social media to certain people who have asked or um on TikTok early in my days where I was like, I didn't realize that saying my opinion was so offensive to some people. (laughs) And I kind of backed off after that. But I said that 
Jitangguk dramas don't necessarily appeal to me. I am never one of these people that's like, oh, Jitangguk has a new drama. I have to go out and watch it. Like, I haven't bought stock in Jitangguk up until right now with Healer. So. <laughs> We'll so talk now about you that. understand, Jess, why all of us who watched Healer early on, yeah. every time he puts out a new drama, we're like, please be good. Please be good. Yes. Please. please. We are begging. Please be good. Let me finish this one. We just want to finish one. Yes. Yeah. I get it. Like, after we'll watching try. Healer. We'll always try. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, underst- mm-hmm. I understand. Mm-hmm. I'm here to say, like, without giving too much away about my thoughts, like, I get it. <laughs> Finally, so <laughs> yeah, welcome, yeah. welcome. I'm, I'm glad to be happy to be here. Happy to be here, guys. So, <laughs> his co star in Healer is Park Min Young, another, I guess, legend of K drama. She's been in so much. You throw a rock, Park Min Young has been in that show. She plays Che Young Shin. I don't know why I'm having such a hang up with that name. I have to like say it each like name Che Young Shin. Park Minyeon has been in shows like Sankyung Kwan Scandal, City Hunter, which I will mention City Hunter later, Queen for Seven Days, like we mentioned before. So she's worked with the director, one of the directors before. She's been in, of course, What's Wrong with Secretary Kim from 2018 with Park So Jun. We have covered that on the podcast, and that's another like separate <laughs> issue because we ended up not liking that. That's another conversation. Oh, yeah. Her Private Life from 2019, which I ended up loving. And in the uh, K-drama universe where Park Min-yeon falls in love with her boss, I feel like her private life is way better than what's wrong with Secretary Kim. But that's another uh, conversation for another day. And then When the Weather is Fine from 2020. And Forecasting Love and Weather, I think, is like one of her most recent ones. How do you guys feel about Park Min-yeon? She's one of my favorites. Yeah. I don't love everything that she's done, but... I just, I find her so appealing and so effervescent. And I think um, that's because at the, be- like at the beginning, I, I didn't finish City Hunter, but I really loved her in it and, and Healer. I just, <laughs> she's just one of my favorites. Yeah. She's not one of my all-time favorites. I enjoy her quite a bit, but I think it depends on the role or the mm. show itself because, uh, uh, like, Healer I really liked her in, Queen for Seven Days I really liked her in, and I keep wanting to go back to When the Weather Was Fine because Marisa liked it uh, so much. Uh, and I, uh, yes. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I think it depends on the role she's playing. I, I have, I realize watching Healer, Rewatching Healer, that I think I like her in more when she can be a little more aggressive, if that's mm. the right word. Like when she can be more direct and assertive, when she can play those type of roles, that's the stuff I like her in. When she has to play cutesy or, you know, wafy, I'm not, I, those are the roles that don't mm. really call to me when she does them. So, mm. but I did, but like she's, she's a force for sure. Yeah, I have a hot take that I was thinking of when you guys were talking about Park Minyeon is that I really like her, but she's never greater than the drama she's in. And mm. I feel like she's never like Park Minyoung, oh my god, like I, I again, are people out here buying stock in Park Minyoung? I don't know. Like the same that they're doing for Ji Changwook, uh she's not greater than the drama. Like she's great in the drama, 
But if you like remove her and you kind of like analyze, I don't know if people have strong feelings that they're like, oh my God, Park Min Young, you know? I don't know if she's like on a pedestal in that respect. So that's a little bit of a hot take. I don't mean to be mean toward Park Min Young because I think she's excellent in almost everything that she's in. But like, I don't know. I hope I hope you guys kind of like get what I'm saying. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's talk dramas. We all can have, we all can have yeah. eight thousand different opinions, and there's always going to be something available in the next sixteen weeks that will appeal to one of us. <laughs> That's the precisely, <laughs> precisely, eight and I, lo- I love that. <laughs> eight weeks, sixteen. Uh, 16 yeah, eight weeks. I got you. <laughs> Unless it's twenty, then it's you know. Anyway, yeah. supporting we have Yuchite as Kimuno. He's like the uncle. I will just keep calling him uncle. Because him and his brother have such similar names that I'm like, this is very confusing. So I just called him uncle in all of my notes. He's been in like 30 movies since 1998, including a couple from Pak Chanuk, Sympathy for Lady Vengeance and Old Boy, which I love to mention. Pak Chanuk movies, those are like gold standard movies. And he's also been in TV and most recently in Money Heist, Korea from 2022 he was the professor character and then lastly we have to talk about the ajuma character in this show kim mi kyung plays jominja she is prolific like a prolific k-drama actress she's been in 13 movies but never mind the 13 movies she's been in 78 k-dramas i mean I don't know where to begin. Like, wh- where don't you know her from? Crash Course in Romance from this year. <laughs> Remarriage and Desires. Forecasting Love and Weather with Pak Mignon. 18 again. It's okay to not be okay. Hi, bye, mama. Her private life with Pak Mignon again. Go back couple. Another Miss O. It's all right. This is love. The Airs, which that's where I like know her from. I don't know. When I think of her, I think of her role in Airs. She was in Faith, which we mentioned like a second ago, Sun Kyung Kwan Scandal, which we just mentioned for Pak Minyon again, and Spring Waltz from 06. Oh my God, she's been in everything. This is not, this is the tip of the iceberg for her. And I love this Ajima in K Drum. Every time I see her, I get really excited. She's one of my. Go ahead, Marissa. I mean, she, she, she's definitely one of our favorite Ajimas. And I mean, she she and Puckman Young have done four dramas together. Um and uh so it's super fun to see them together here. But yeah, she's just she's one of the best. I mean she's just she's a she's just an amazing character actress and we love seeing her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I adore her and I really wish especially after rewatching Healer, I wish the K drama casting world would give her something more to do than just be someone's mother or um or cook or so it's just I wish they would give her a more meaty Ajima type role again because she was so amazing as the hacker and walking (laughs) striding and I just oh I loved her so much (laughs) yeah she's got such a meaty role in this compared to some of her like mother characters or just cook characters side characters she can definitely carry a show so I'm not sure why she hasn't been carrying shows period she's magnificent well yeah yeah I mean, yeah, we all know why. We, we all know why. <laughs> we all know why women get older and all uh-huh. of a sudden you're sidelined. So. Yeah. But I will, I will say I was, and I know this show is 10 years old, but she is gorgeous. 
just flat out gorgeous. So I don't mm. understand the problem. Like, cause she would, she's just, I love her. I love her with my whole, my whole entire soul, my whole chest. Yeah, I agree. I love her with my whole chest too. And I hope that she can just rise above, like, where's like the Ocean's 8 of K-drama <gasps> that she can like step in and be amazing? You know, where's like the Helen Mirren roles in K-drama that she can take over? That's like, (laughs) anyway, that's a whole nother conversation too, but. Whole nother conversation. Whole nother conversation. However, we have come to like the end of our cast and directors and writers. So I guess it's a little bit obvious, but like, what did you guys think of Healer and Maybe since you guys have already seen Healer and this was more of a rewatch, how do you guys feel returning to Healer after, you know, however long? Well, that's really the key to this. I mean, there's the me that watched this in 2016 when I first started watching K-dramas. And then there's the me that watched it over the past couple of weeks. And um, it was <laughs> this walk down memory, memory lane when to a time when all of these tropes were new to me. Mm. And just how fun it was to watch them at the time. And I was not yet jaded on some of them. And they were just really, some. they were just so new. And I was just, it was just this discovery period. Like, um, Jen and I laugh about this a lot. We call it the K-drama soup. <laughs> where they literally throw everything yes. into a K-drama. You know, <laughs> the, I mean, we can go through all the tropes. But generally speaking, this just... Then and now, it's still one of my favorite K dramas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd have to say the same thing. I was really, I was actually surprised how well it held up when I started watching it. I actually wanted to watch every episode like until its fullest. I just did not have time. Um, but it was. <laughs> it moved quickly. The story was. It was. It was enjoyable. I mean, obviously, it's a ten years old, so there were a few things where you're like, mm, okay, yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. overall, I just I thought it was really enjoyable. I thought. I really enjoyed it on a rewatch for sure. I thought it held up well. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I thought it held up incredibly well considering it is about 10 years old. Mm -hmm. This is my first time watching Healer. And uh, at first I kind of felt like, oh, this feels a lot like City Hunter because Mm -hmm. you got this guy who's like trying to keep his identity under, under wraps and he ends up having some sort of vendetta that he needs to work out or revenge plot and the plot ended up turning out to remind me more of little women i don't know if you guys have seen the little women that just came out with you know that all-star cast but really yeah it sort of reminded me of it three episodes to go okay well it just has that feeling especially with the the big bad who like that organization turns out to be i was like oh this is very similar to little women Mm -hmm. but anyway i it's it's how do I put this? It is so rare for me to love a show this much. I felt like I was like in old school, like 2016, 2015, when I was like a little less critiquey about things that I watch. And I was just like giddy and excited to watch each episode. And I felt like 20 episode count was warranted. Sometimes I watch a show and I'm like, this definitely didn't warrant 20 episodes. Should have been like 16, should have been 12. Because now the 12 episode, 10 episode is like common. Um, 
but I felt like it was a really cool, fun experience. Ji Chang-wook did amazing. He turned this character into someone with a lot of dimension and loneliness. And the drama took the characters on a journey. It was a journey of like self-discovery, a journey through revenge and justice and finding peace on the other side. And they covered themes like identity and belonging and love and loss and trust, what parenthood looks like through the lens of trauma and adoption. And I thought that the whole thing was just beautiful and well-crafted. Like I said, I get it now. Like, if I had watched this years ago, I would have been, like, on the Ji Chang-wook train. Like, stopping at every stop. You know what I'm saying? But I was not. I was, like, (laughs) waving from a distance on a horse. Like, old Western style. It was like, see ya. Um, (laughs) I also thought it was rare when... It's rare for me to love all the side characters. But I felt like in this show, they were just so essential and it truly felt like an Avengers team up like toward the last episodes, like a convergence of heroes, you know, and I was like, this is very exciting and interesting to watch it all come together. Yeah, is a drama perfect? No, there's definitely things that we can pick apart and tropes that I'm like, been there, done that. Do I need to see another like Meta's children trope? No, probably not. Um, But I felt like. The tropes that it did do, it did them pretty well. Uh, I think that's it. I think that was my general thoughts on yeah. Healer. And I almost said City Hunter right now because it's very similar to City Hunter. I swear, if you like Healer, you will like City Hunter, which incidentally, like I like we said, stars Pac Oh, I tell me, Healer tell me. I tried to watch City Hunter and I couldn't get through it. See, I liked. <laughs> This is like a whole nother conversation because like, why didn't you like City Hunter is like a giant conversation, I'm sure. But I really liked City Hunter and I remember rewatching it back. Like I finished watching it years ago and then I was like, I need to rewatch it (laughs) like immediately because I loved the the revenge. I felt like it was like proper uh, good. Like and he just felt very Jason Bourne to me. And Mm. Ji Chang-wook doesn't feel like Jason Bourne at all. Like, it's a different vibe completely. Oh, no. oh yeah. No. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so no, I was into it. with doubt and guilt. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so did, I did think. Did you know that. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go right ahead. I was going to say, did you know that Pac-Man Young got a lot of netizen hate for how she looked in Healer? No, but that doesn't surprise me at all. That doesn't surprise me at all. No. Um, and I will what, say, and they I just think didn't I know like why. her hair or it's something? Her hair. Her hair. It's her hair. I, it's her hair. And they cut it in a variety of different ways. I realized it because you're watching it. And when I, because I was watching it on a binge and like fast forwarding through stuff. And I, uh-huh. I had to stop and be like, what did they do to her hair? Like, yeah. It started off in some weird, I don't even know what the cut was. Uh huh. And then uh-huh. it became really cute in the cute bob. And then mm-hmm. they did something super short in the back. Like her hair was all, it was, yeah. it was all over the place. So I that would be my guess. It was definitely inconsistent and, and evolving throughout the show into something a little more polished, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, I yeah. guess, since she's growing as a uh, professional 
journalists, then I guess they were like, okay, let's like scale it back, like less mm-hmm. less shaggy of a haircut or whatever. But that wasn't. <laughs> I don't think that was necessary. And her haircut was like part of her like character. Felt like part of her personality to yeah. have like a. Oh, I'm not agreeing that they should have. I'm not saying she didn't look great. I'm yeah. simply saying that I had, I can see what why they would lose their minds because even I noticed her hair, and you know me, Marissa, I barely noticed that stuff. <laughs> I will yeah, say I that. Mean, go ahead, go ahead, Marissa. I was just going to say that that what came at her was just, you know, people screaming about how ugly she was, and oh, and no. it was just like, right, like how hurtful <laughs> that an actress can't make a choice to play a character, and by the choice of her hair is telling you this, what I look like does not matter to this budding journalists you know mm-hmm. and uh but that poor puckman young has to like weather all of this you know these personal attacks because she makes a choice as a as an actress so oh well that you know what yeah medicines are vicious vicious and over stupid shit <laughs> i'm shocked i really am like when you kind of like went more into more detail i'm like oh no like this got out of hand mm-hmm quit with a quickness because yeah she doesn't look like Pac Min Young usually looks but I don't think it's that serious like I don't think it's that serious at all um wow backlash over your hairstyle okay fine and maybe like were they getting this backlash during the airing of the show because I feel like they did try and like towards the lighter episodes they were like oh, she's definitely 10 out of 10. Like, they had the Ajima hacker saying, like, well, her face is 10 out of 10. <laughs> and I'm like, what is yeah, this line? Right? Yeah. Like, trying yeah. to convince the audience that, like, she's still attractive despite her kind of, like, haphazard appearance sometimes. But, like, wow. Okay. Good to know, I guess, that people can't take it, can't take anything. Oh, my gosh. It's a, it's ridiculous. I was more offended with Ajima's hair because why they got to crimp her hair like that? Like she looked pretty horrendous. Well, it kind of goes with Marisa. Marisa and I have talked about it a bunch of times is that they always make the crazy person have the curly hair. And so the, the, the wilder your hair is, the, the more unhinged you are. And, and so she was, our poor Ajima was definitely in that uh, K-drama she... trope of, of hair equal, equaling mental stability. <laughs> right? I, I know I agree with you. It's just annoying because she just looked... Yeah. Uh, what is it like a dog? Like you know the dogs that they like uh, groom them, kind of like her hair <laughs> looked. <laughs> yeah, like poodles and stuff. No. Like I don't. What was the thinking anyway? And then in the last like episode or so, they switch her hair, and you're just like, okay, this. So it was easily just <laughs> fixable, not yeah. fixable, but you know. Uh, oh yeah, she no, just it put, was clearly a choice. Yeah, it was clearly a choice. Yeah. It was a choice. Yeah, it was like the hair. Yeah, the hair, the knitting, and the kimbap. Yeah. <laughs> it was like... Hair, knitting, her, kimbap. I don't know what you... Yeah. Right? Yeah. Those yeah, her t- things. The mm-hmm. ultimate shut-in. Ultimate shut-in hacker that has no... Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. I mean, she uh-huh. did an amazing job, and I loved her Ajima character, but yeah. I mean, we could have brought her out into the world more often. Because that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to get to it, but the scene that she did have where she went into the coffee shop... 
Oh, God. Yes. We'll definitely talk about it. Bring, definitely bring it up in the spoiler section. Um, I thought that the hacker, because, because they introduced this hacker, Ajima, who like books the clients and stuff, it reminded me a lot of just assassin culture shown in media. <laughs> like it's the mm-hmm. same thing in like Bullet Train, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Like they always have backup of some sort. And I just love how he's not like front of house, like she's front of, but then she's not shown like she's just behind a screen. So it was kind of um, cliched in and of itself, but it's fine. Like I like her. Yeah. I mean, it's such a typical character to have this hacker that can like, you know, get you through a maze just by (laughs) tapping into all the cameras. But like lately in K dramas, it's usually like a, a K, like a, k-pop idol who they want to make nerdy or it's like a hot girl yes. or like mm-hmm. in taxi driver it's you know you know the young woman and it's it, it's such a trope so that's why it's so amazing that it's the best ajima the yes. best ajima the yeah. best yeah i was laughing because jen was doing like she was making um <laughs> making it seem like she was like typing frenetically on a keyboard and that's like one of my least favorite tropes is actually stop doing it it's too funny so when she would do something she would like hack into something and she'd be like i'm in yeah i got you like easy like right so easy and i i was totally i was telling my sister about this trope and making fun of the trope like you know like like Jen was doing, I was like, I'm in very like Rihanna and Ocean's Eight, which I don't know why I'm like keep bringing up Ocean's Eight, but anyway, and she goes, she exactly. adds to like, exactly. she jumps on, and my sister goes, oh yeah, they have such a big um, system, but like nothing I can't handle, and she was like throwing out some more lines that are like super oh, yeah. cliched. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, I, I hacked the Pentagon. Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> Wait, let me slow down oh my God. train. <laughs> right. Start it up again. Right, right, right. Click. Enter. <laughs> the click. cars, like she was like hacking into cars and stuff. And oh, I yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. all right. <laughs> now but, it'll go backwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with backwards, forwards. <laughs> oh, my God. It was a lot. It was a lot. You know, it was a lot of suspension of disbelief because like, I already don't oh, like oh, that yeah, trope, sure. but then I'm like, I just love her, and you know, you kind of just have to get over it. But I mean, listen, as much as I thought all 20 episodes were wildly enjoyable, there was nothing believable about any of it. Like none oh, of it. Oh, like nothing. not not nothing. one second of any of it. I mean, his his home cave, none of it. Like nobody <laughs> believes in heat. You can't get a heater. Like what is happening? But you could but you can afford a full screen wall of a of a floating island that you're gonna buy on a platform. Like you but you can't get heat? Like explain this to me. You're te- yeah. you're preaching to the choir, Jen, because like I mean, this is right. these are the type of things that I'm like, what is this? I yeah. so <laughs> Anyway, the heat yeah. thing. But going off of like he, the show did have something about he's always cold, about right. him always being cold and in like flashback sequences and he's like meeting his mom and stuff. She's like giving him coats and then present day she's mm-hmm. giving him a coat. He's always dressing like too lightly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but man, K dramas and the winter wear. Oh, oh no. 
It's the best. Elite. Elite. The turtlenecks. The overcoats. <gasps> can, the we, can we talk about just Ugh. the turtleneck in general? And Gino yes. With this him, is a separate character. That comes up. I mean, listen, y'all. <laughs> The yeah. first time I saw that, I like lost my shit. I yes. was like, "What is this? I need like an I need all the fo- like I could not I, every time and every every show since I just want him to do that because it's so hot. It's freaking hot. And you know, I have this working theory that I've only said to a couple of people, but and now it's we're going to say it to everyone. And now I'm going to say it to everyone. It's going to be <laughs> on the internet forever and ever. But it's that it doesn't matter who it is as if the man wears a black turtleneck mm. he will look attractive like period <laughs> it it will look he will look more attractive and i've like said this so many times to my sister that she will point out like people in black turtlenecks and be like look at that guy over there like he would be okay without the turtleneck but with the turtleneck he's like in another it's taken to another level and i'm like you see what i'm saying like it's a working theory but it hasn't missed so far but then okay. jay g changwook takes it to another level by it pulling it over his mouth <sighs> i lose my mind <laughs> i Honestly, don't know how many men can pull that off you I'm can't not sure if i wouldn't be like dude why is your, what what is that like i would be like why why but g changwook doesn't i'm like yeah Sex, yes, pure sir. sex. Thank you. Something else that I loved about Ditangwuk in this drama was the amount of parkour and action mm. that he was oh, doing. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, like so in my veins. I want that in my veins because it was <laughs> so good. And <laughs> going back to style, though, did you guys like the military hat, the military style hat that he always had on, and that was his like go-to look? Yeah, it's very yeah. 10 years ago. <laughs> right? I'm like, I think the black hat ensemble of hi- hiding has evolved since then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, uniform always, for yeah. undercover. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the first that we saw, right? right? You yeah. know, well, yeah, it was in Descendants of the Sun. But yeah, the whole black bomber jacket, mm-hmm. black everything, black baseball cap. I'm like, oh, this is a thing. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is a thing. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying maybe it's a dated thing because I totally had a military style <laughs> hat in oh. 2011. So, right? yeah, it, it is a thing. Yeah, it that's was true. A thing. Yeah. I mean, this thing was shot, what, in 2014? Yeah, 2013, yeah. 2014? 2014. So, yeah. It was mm-hmm. definitely in that era, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Korean fashion is different. It's just different. <laughs> I... I don't know if you guys have seen something in the rain, but I have like a visceral reaction every time I see Coffee Bay, that coffee or cafe oh. company. In- oh, God, I forgot about that. <laughs> yes. So yeah, no, I guess clearly do not. Because that's the same that's right. company that Sonia Jin's character works for in Something in the Rain. Right. And like every time I see it in a K-drama, I'm like, I have like a gut reaction where I'm just like, oh, my God, trauma, like pure trauma every time. <laughs> So <laughs> when her dad owned the coffee bay in the neighborhood, yeah. I was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> Anything but coffee. Anything but coffee. Anything. No. <laughs> I don't care. Wow. They've been, they've been shelling out the major PPL for years. <laughs> yeah, right? Yes, they have. They have for sure. That's a lot for them to live in the coffee bay. Right? But, yes. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is a lot for them to right? not only they, own one. Oh, my God. They live in 
on top of the coffee bay. And the yeah. and the lawyer's office is adjacent in the same room. So they live, work, and work and consult. Coffee Bay was dedicated to healer. They were. They they did. They put a lot of money into it for a show. I died with some of the song choices that were in just the background. (laughs) Just the background. We'll talk about the OST after this, but like Mm -hmm. they had Shock by Beast playing. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, this really like took me back to that time period. They yeah. had A Thousand oh, Years by Christina Perry playing at one point, And I was like, ooh. <laughs> 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 um, but the OST, though. Let's talk about this OST. Because, like, what are your thoughts about it, first of all? Uh, the OST. Uh, well... You know, the song, I don't think it was, it wasn't on the OST, but the song that stood out for me was um, when the Ajima was singing 21. Oh. Oh, yes. I am the best. Yes, that was the best. I I was like, that's, that. Oh, actually, that's another something in the rain. (gasps) Oh! Callback. Is it really? (laughs) You're right, because she dances to that song. She dances. Yeah. And Jung Hae-in gets off the elevator and sees her <laughs> dancing by herself. That's right. I know. Uh, I mean, that the song, that song's in uh, Love to Hate You. Also, I mean, it's just, it, it's like It's everywhere. It so, is iconic. But I, yes. It wasn't on the OST. But I don't know. I would have to look up the OST. The only it. song I... that I recall for after just having come off like the healer journey is mm-hmm. Eternal Love by Michael Learns to Rock. Yeah. It was because it was relentless. They relentless. played it every thirty seconds. <laughs> That's the one. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my, my love, I'm all yours. Over and over. I Jess, I literally throughout the week would wake up with that song in my head. It was such an earworm. I could not. I would sing it throughout the day. Yeah. And then I would watch my episodes, <laughs> and I would be on there like every. The needle drop was relentless. Relentless. Yeah. They really hit you over the head with it, and I, I don't didn't know. Dislike it? It just was a bit much. I was just yeah, ex- not playing exactly, exactly. It's not that I was sitting here hating on it, but I was like, "Damn, give me a minute to like breathe and get something else like in my system." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, because it didn't always match the vibe of the scene. No, and then you're like, "Oh, are you telling me I need to feel a different kind of way?" Because I'm. <laughs> scene is like being much heavier or sadder than than it is and then that song comes on I'm like, well oh, God. i correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like they play the first time they played it was like an episode one when they are on the bus and it, he she falls into his arms and they hit that oh drop my and I'm like, love oh my, they just met like come on <laughs> like wait what <laughs> Could we build to this? Like we already, we already are on board, knowing this is a K drama that it's fate involved and it's gonna happen. But you know, easy there, OST. Easy. <laughs> uh, take your time with it. Like yeah, you know, let's build to this exactly. eternal love, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> My eternal love, like I over and over. But over then, like I don't mind it because it's a good song. But like, wow, yeah, it's, yeah. is a lot. Oh, gosh, we are having such a fun conversation already. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, to bring us down for a minute, like, what were some of the worst parts of the show for you guys? 
Um, I got confused at some point in this rewatch because I didn't, I didn't watch every episode all the way through. Um, but at some point I was like, wait, I thought that was a secret and I could not for the life of me tell who knew what and when and who was keeping what from somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I just, I was like, wait, does she know who he is? Mm -hmm. Does she know Mm -hmm. that they knew each other's kids? And like. But uh, Moonho knows. I'm like, I I got lost. Mm -hmm. I got so lost. (laughs) Yeah, I would say that was a common thing for me, too, is that they had it was the same like two or three secrets and then the same like four or five people that were like trading secrets and like ever every few episodes someone else will find out. And I was like, but I thought they already knew. So I was getting a little bit confused. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mm hmm. Did you have anything? I to- I, I, you know, I have to say it's probably the same. I have, like, there weren't, there was nothing that I'm, I don't feel like anything really stood out. And there's no huge quibbles that I was just like, come on, show. There's, I'm sorry, there's only one quibble and it's not even like a bad thing. It just was something that made me laugh. <laughs> How did he constantly change into his healer outfit while he was in the car as Bonsu? Yeah, I figured, it, I figured it out. How, I figured it I out. I need to know the physics of how he managed that. I figured it, it out. A, did you? Okay, tell, please do tell. Yeah. yeah. So he's got a healer spin similar to oh, the Wonder it. Woman okay. spin, Perfect. and he just like you know like spins around and like then Wonder poof. Woman? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I. <laughs> that's the only explanation I can give because there was only because one scene where the, he like actively stopped the car, ran out yes. into like some public bathroom, changed, and then ran back out in his fit in his black fit. And that was like the only indication that he was like changing in public. Right. And one time he was in the car and changing like mid work day while his uh, Dung Sang was driving. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I yeah. was, it was just like, okay, but okay, at least you're changing. I appreciate that. But like the one where we'll get to it, but there was a couple where he would just like run into a building and then run through a door and he was in his healer garb. And I'm like, where did you find your leather jacket and combat boots right those are not easy to carry around i'm just saying yeah yeah so yeah again proving that nothing in this show is real like nothing nothing so again was it did it did it ruin my experience no it didn't no no is it it something that i noted numerous times it just made me laugh i was like oh all right okay yeah <laughs> Stop it! You're like, well, oh, mm, yeah. Uh, for me, I can't he has, really. He has he has healer bags stitched, the, the stashed all over the t- all over town. Yes, exactly. He's every, like, I need to be on the corner. Building. In every building, he's got like a little to go bag or something exactly. with his outfit in it. Well, actually, in the trunk, he did have like a separate outfit that he used at one time, and it was like a civilian, young yeah. person's outfit or something like. Oh, man, this show is too much. So I didn't have anything that I was like, wow, this sucked so much. I can't believe they did this or (laughs) that. I I was just like, I know, you know, this is it's a nice surprise. It's a nice surprise. Like, usually I have something that I'm like, you know what, guys, like this didn't do it for me. This didn't work. But I was having a good time, like watching the show. Mm -hmm getting through each episode and I love how there's a trend I feel like in recent K-dramas where they don't necessarily end the episodes with a giant cliffhanger which is Mm -hmm. how I grew up not grew up but like that's how I 
started watching K-dramas with like these bombastic endings and you'd be like, I have to watch the next episode. And I feel like Healer was in that tradition where every episode did end with like a big cliffhanger. And I was like, well, fuck, I got to play the next episode. So (laughs) it felt nice. I don't know. It it, it does feel like Healer kind of skirts old and new Mm K-drama a lot where people who are watching K-drama now will not necessarily feel like this is that dated what did we we talked about uh his hat maybe some of the wardrobe but like nothing major even the tech seemed to like be okay as far as this doesn't feel that dated and you know someone who just started watching k-dramas can pick up healer and be like oh this is great versus them picking up something like boys over flowers and that's like a whole mess of a thing where they might not be able to even get through it so I like that about Healer, that it seems a little bit timeless. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's in the female characters. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there was no shades of a candy, you know, character anywhere. And uh, and Pac-Man Young being, like, so spunky and just assertive, um, but also vulnerable because she'd make mistakes <laughs> and... I think a lot of the kind of cringy K-dramas that you go back to, there's this weird women, female lead who needs to be rescued out of poverty, you know, and mm-hmm. that, that's just... Oh, yeah. Those feel dated now, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, she actually, you know, obviously tragic backstory for her character and all of this stuff, but she had a healthy home life. She had a father who loved her. She had people around her. Like, she had support, and she had things that I think a lot of K-dramas, if you go back, like, too far, they start to, um, am I good? I just said I lost connection. Um, That if you go back too far, sometimes, like, every woman has to be rescued by the male mm. lead and all of that. That's what I found really enjoyable, and that, again, goes back to that timeless thing is like yeah her character was fairly well-rounded without healer being in her life she didn't need healer he just he just happened to complete not complete the picture but you know it was a nice addition to what she already had and so that's what i really liked about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. yeah i think you guys have said it all especially regarding her character and how they crafted her because yeah she's not necessarily just a damsel in distress or just something for him to strive toward. She does have her own like dreams and she does have her own trajectory. She does have a really stable home life. And being with him isn't like drastically changing her life. He's just a nice mm-hmm. to have thing. And that's essential to, I think, crafting modern female characters is that they just can't be this one no damsel in distress or, you know, they just want to be married. They just want to have a man or whatever. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but we need to like dive a little deeper. And they definitely dove yeah. deep with her character and provided an arc for her. And, you know, obviously for him as well. They definitely, like I said, go through a journey. And it was nice to see like on top of the action romance, action romance, I don't know if there is like a recent action romance where I'm like, they did everything right. Like, I don't got any complaints, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this one did really well, really well. So I think the last thing that I want to talk about is that it didn't really do well in Korea when it aired originally. It had like modest ratings in Korea, but it was a major export and it gained a following overseas and it made Ji Chang-wook Ji Chang-wook, like what he is today. So I think we all need to appreciate Healer a little bit. Obviously, like I'm new to the game, but I 
am very appreciative that people have found it and there's definitely some new K-drama watchers, definitely fans of Ditangwook that didn't exist before this drama. And yeah, I, I think it did a lot of things well. Um, what would you guys give this show, rate the show out of five soju bottles? Five being the best and like zero or one being the worst. <laughs> Four and a half. <laughs> I'm gonna jump half. on yeah. with four you guys and, and say yeah. four and a half. Uh, I didn't have that much time to watch this drama, and I usually get really worried because if I don't have a lot of time to finish a drama, it goes way worse for me if the drama oh. sucks. But this drama was very good, and I was following along really, really well with it. I was excited to watch the next episode, so it wasn't like oh, I have to get through this drama and I don't even like this drama. I really enjoyed this drama and I would give it four and a half, star, four and a half soju bottles out of five, just like you guys. All right, so I know we have some things that we want to talk about that are very spoilery, so we're going to jump into the spoilers section right now, right after this. <laughs> Hey, you want to come in? All right, we're on the other side of spoilers, so anything goes. If you haven't watched Healer in the last 10 years or so, then we're going to spoil <laughs> the drama for you right now. Uh, where would you guys like to start in the spoiler section? Because I know Jen had like a spoilery thought that she paused on. I have so many. My whole my whole brain is spoilery. Oh, well, so you know what? You just, like. No, no, go for it. Because I, I, you know, I'll just jump on like after you guys. I don't, I don't remember what I was talking about. I'll be honest. I Because almost everything I say is about to be a spoiler until I stop myself. So. <laughs> Risa knows this. I've spoiled so many shows in our show. I'm like, blah. And she's like, uh, Jen. And I'm like, all mm-hmm. oh, right. Well, I guess I Sorry. could say that I was like really excited about the drama as soon as they gave me like the first thirst trap, which was in episode one. Like in the first five minutes of the show, Ditangu right? was shirtless. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, it, it, yeah. yeah, I clocked that two minute mark. That shirt's off. It's off. <laughs> it's like, whoa, you get in the shower. No, he just like <laughs> took it off. He's in his home, like in his element. It's fine. And I was like, yeah, like I do that, too. Sometimes, I guess I was like, not really. But uh, I really I couldn't believe like that has to be a record. Like in the first two minutes of the show. <laughs> I'm going to start timing it all now. Okay, Yo! Okay, go. Yes. There needs to be a, a repository where right? you can see, like, okay, right? in this show, male lead shirt off, second episode, right? seventh minute. Like, yes. We need to <laughs> We need to put it together. I will say, while he's wildly attractive and he's got a beautiful body, the place where I gasped as far as him being him was when they did the glow up in like episode 10 and he came oh, out yeah. with the hair slicked back and the coat. I like, I texted Marisa and I watched, I'm like, I remember gasping at this scene when I first saw it. And I think I gasped a second time. He was so unbelievably hot yeah. that I yeah. was, I was embarrassed for myself watching it. That's how like, I thought he was hot. So let's talk about it because they got the trope in. I don't know how they got this trope in here, but they got the makeover trope in yeah. episode nine. They, oh, they both got go it undercover in by them having to go undercover yes. at the last minute because the they couldn't minute. get in 
to the to the uh, press conference. They had to propose as wedding guests. Yes. So they go, <laughs> and then she, she, I know, she emerges in like this tight red dress, and I'm like, oh, this is very she's all that. Mm-hmm. And he's looking fine as hell. And what I like here is there's almost like a progression of their like romance or whatever, because she holds up her hand to give him a high five. And he's like, no, he holds out his arm so that she can take his arm instead. And she takes it. And I'm like, (laughs) probably, I think it's probably my favorite moment in the whole series, right? Because that was, I was like, yeah, that was so good. Yeah. I was like, there's something happening. Like, Uh did someone turn on the heat in here? Like, it was so simple. (laughs) But I loved it. And then that same episode, I think towards the end of the episode, there's, he does his confession scene to her, which I lost it. I lost my mind because... He just turns to her and he's like, can it be me? And I was like, who says no to that? Who says no to that? She said with this, no. With his back hair a little bit messy by now, so it's a little tossled. Good God. Right? Uh, tell but me. it's so amazing because he's in a love triangle <laughs> right. with himself. With himself? <laughs> yes. That was the best. I think that's the first time we've seen the love triangle with yourself trope. At least for me, that was my first time seeing that. I, I well, like, oh, you're you're rejecting me for me for me because you have this like idea of me as healer, and I I was like, this is like I've said this in a previous episode, and someone was like, you need a, a category for this, and I was like, you're right, this is K drama crack. Oh yeah, right, like this oh, is yeah. like straight so, yeah, like, like you okay. know such good. K drama fodder, and he's in. Uh, what is the other? Th- I was like, oh, this reminds me of Superman, where he's like undercover mm-hmm. as a journalist, and she's the lowest lane to his Superman. Well, Ajima Clark keeps Kent. calling him Superman through the whole thing. She's like, she's, yes. At one point, that she's even like, there. These people are your kryptonite. You need to get out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I love those references. They weren't shy about hiding that they are taking. You know. Right. It's a derivative of Superman, whatever. But I loved that he he kind of made a play for her, like as this undercover Bongsu character, mm-hmm. and how he Bongsu. crafted this other like persona, this other persona who was very jittery and cowardly, and uh, he kept like stuttering and stuff. And I was like, this is freaking fantastic! Like I loved it. <laughs> Right, I loved it. I, I, I literally just watched it, but the very final episode when he's finally introducing himself to her father, and he's beating the crap out of all the thugs that are in there, and he's like, "Hello, sir!" Like sidekick punching another guy. Are you closing your eyes? You know, um, uh, yeah. young shit. She's like, "Yes," and he punched someone else out. He's like, "So this isn't actually how I wanted it to go, but face punch." You know, it was. Oh my god, I love I... it. So Look, I, no one can see me. You guys can't see us, but I, my cheeks are turning red because the set, I was like, last episode of the show, he comes mm-hmm. busting in. They get some rando, like, you know, thugs right? that have taken them hostage in the coffee bay. And he do. shows up to save them. And you're right. He's, it, I mean, it's funny and charming. And how can the dad not just like be so freaking taken aback? Because he did have a specific conversation with his daughter and was like, he's not the guy that I, Bongsu, this guy is not the guy that I pictured for you. He's very cowardly. And, you know, I thought you would get like a strong dude who can like 
help you out and get you out of situations and fight and whatever. And she's like, she's cracking up herself. She's like, <laughs> he has no idea. And lo and behold, like he comes out swinging in the coffee bay in episode 20. And I'm like, it's perfect. Like it's Loved it. perfect. So good. So Can we good. talk for just a so quick good. second? Like, I don't know who it was, but whoever they cast to play his father the casting was so good. They yeah. do have the exact same smile. They do. That was something that I was like, that is brilliant. And I, have, I don't think I've seen that actor <laughs> in anything else. But I was really impressed She's... with the um, the casting of that. Mm. Yeah, he hasn't really, he never broke out. I've seen him in a couple of things. Have you? Um, yeah, yeah. He played this abusive boyfriend in um, uh, what's the one with the four college roommates with? Uh, oh, hello, my t- <gasps> hello, my twenties. Hello, my twenties. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're both. They're they both have the last name of G. So maybe that just runs in the G clan. That amazing smile. All right. So wait. Oh wait. Oh, you know who he is? <laughs> who are you is guys you? watching Crash Course in Romance? Oh, not yet. Tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow I will start it. No, are you watching it at all? N- not yet. Not yet. I'm not. Oh, you haven't started it yet. Oh, no, no. He is the he's little, sli- he's the slimy uh, other oh, teacher who runs the J. Chol Sucks uh, website. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now that, now that yeah. I'm reading, I'm like, yes, that's him. That's so hilarious. he's working. <laughs> he's working, but he yeah. hasn't, I guess he hasn't like broken out necessarily. No. Um, but he was perfect casting as his. He mom. was perfect casting. I really yeah. enjoyed the little scenes that they had with him. My favorite one is in episode eleven, where uh, like the uncle takes Healer mm. to the junkyard, and he's like, "Oh, this is like where we were encamped, and my brother owned this junkyard, whatever." And Healer walks, starts walking off, uh, in the junkyard, and they have this shot of him walking off, and in perfect synchrony with this apparition of his dad and they both kick like a piece of junk at the same time and it's yeah. so perfectly in sync and the way that their their um gait is exactly the same as they're walking next to each other and the whole scene like brings the uncle to tears because of course like they have the dad the, this dad character like turn around and smile at the uncle and you're just like oh my god yeah it was good it was good i really yeah, like that, that scene feeling. Yeah. <clears throat> I also really I really enjoyed the um the whole family dynamic between um uh Youngshin and her father and then the mother at the end. Like I was really happy yeah. that they that there wasn't there was zero animosity. There was none of that that you know a lot of K-drama tropes of, you know, or just tropes in general about you know, just everyone fighting and feuding and anger and hate and rage and all that stuff. But it was just literally, you took care of my baby and she, now she's our baby. Like it was just, I thought it was just really, really, really well done. And mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed seeing that scene all over again where they finally, everybody knows everything and they were it eating was, cookies together and it was I'll just stop. really Yeah, stop. it was nothing but love <laughs> towards the end when she finally kind of like gets assimilated into her daughter's real life and they never do have this giant moment of i guess reveal like a reveal necessarily that she now absolutely 100% knows that that's her daughter you just kind of infer <laughs> that this right. emotional reaction that she has means that he the uncle has told her and she knows mm-hmm. that uh, I, yeah. that's her daughter 
And I appreciated that. I did too. It could have so easily just been overdone and overwrought and the, oh, what could have been. And so it was really refreshing mm-hmm. to not go down this like, like hy- hyperbolic, emotional, crazy place because there was enough going on in this show already. <laughs> you, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there was quite enough. And so uh, much. I loved the mom and how she kind of, I'm just going to call her the mom, but she kind of grew throughout the show, how she was mm-hmm. um, just grieving. For 20 years, she's been grieving and she's living with this guy who, I guess she loves in a fashion and certainly cares for. But the fact that she kind of over the course of the show, they show her getting having doubts about him and going so far as to plant bugs in his office and listening in on his conversations and really getting suspicious of him. And I'm like, that is hard to do because you've got 20 years of history there where he's not only her husband, but he's her caregiver. Mm-hmm. And he's got total control over her life and she's really like asserting herself and having as much agency as she they can give her in this really difficult situation. And when she finally leaves him, I was like, yes, get it. Like, let's go. Because she was like, um, this is the last breakfast I'm going to make for you. Your brother's in the garage getting my stuff. I'm leaving. Yeah. And I was like, damn, like, let's go. And yeah. the fact that he's like, why? Yeah. What? How could you? Why? How did you know? What? <laughs> Wait. Um, I know the, you wanted that young woman who was full of fire, like fighting the dictatorship, and you know that that fire that drove this pirate journalist. You wanted her to reclaim mm-hmm. that. So yes, yeah. and she exactly. does. She, of, yeah. 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 All of the history, I think, I mean, because, again, this was at the beginning of my K-watching, K-drama watching. It's like I knew a bit of the political situation there, but I really, I really appreciated that history lesson. I mm-hmm. loved, you know, and that's one thing, one of the things Korean dramas does incredibly well is their history. We, K-drama lovers around the world, know so much <laughs> about Korean political, sociopolitical history mm. because of K-dramas. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, I also loved the history and I'm kind of glad that I watched this after Snowdrop, which is a funny thing to say because I'm not sure anyone's happy to have watched Snowdrop. But like the his- the history <laughs> the history of Snowdrop the, the twisted history that they showed uh really kind of helped yeah, me put this into context. <laughs> yes, we we had a time reviewing that one. Um yeah, but the history is very poignant, especially when juxtaposing the journalistic atmosphere that you're seeing in the present day within the mm-hmm. show and how a lot has changed, but a lot is the same. And it's very disconcerting and it's very um, frustrating and scary to watch how they kind of navigate these really difficult journalism waters where a lot is being controlled. The media is still being controlled behind the scenes by like these, this farmers organization or cult, however you want to call it. And how that the affects the elder and all the this elder. stuff. Like, <laughs> the elder who just happens to wear full bartending garb every time he <laughs> makes someone a drink. 
Like, what is happening right now? Like, I don't know what's going on. Why? He's is he not a full like he's not. Outfit? That's the thing. He's not a bartender. He's a barkeep. No. Like, he's a barkeep. <laughs> yeah. Barkeep. That's not a bartender. I'm like, what? I don't understand. Like, he's got these two rooms. One in his official farmer's area where he serves tea, and yeah. then there's the bar. And you're just like, what's happening? Why? <laughs> With the gold lame so bow tie and the vest. Bro. I don't. Why? Why are you yeah. in what I wore when I was bartending back in 1992? Like, why? <laughs> so funny. You are no, a multi. Sensical. You're a multi billion dollar, like, cult leader. Like, right. what is happening? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a lot to, like, chew on there because he. Yeah had this double persona and it didn't quite like make any sense but that like whatever like he's very eccentric as you can tell obviously uh, evidently and he's controlling this organization and the media and he can make things disappear and he's got he's infiltrated the police and the judges and whatever else politics and it's all sort of connected and that's why i was like you know spoilers for little women but this felt a lot like Little Women because the cult in that show was doing essentially the same thing, not mm. for the same exact oh, reasons, but okay. they were sort of uh, invincible in that respect because they had infiltrated all aspects of society that were making rules, that were judging people, that, you know, all aspects of the legislature and the politics and the media and all of that stuff. And it was very difficult to sort of bring them down because of that. Um, so yeah, a long story short, I did love the past stuff because it also informed how the present day should be viewed as well and what they're actually fighting against and why this means so much to these characters to get the truth out and get justice and all this stuff. Um, so yeah. And then circling back the mom. (laughs) So I, um, I also liked in her final conversation with her husband when she was like, um, what did she say? She's he starts laughing or she starts laughing and she says, This is why. This is why I never could fall in love with you. And I was mm-hmm. like, that is the worst freaking thing she could have said to this man. And that just like it was bullet to the heart. Bullet to the heart. And I was very impressed that she chose those well, words to and say. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, the very next time we see him, he's sitting in his office talking to the imaginary dead ex-husband, right? And that's he's just completely she's completely snapped his brain. Like it's over. Yes. It's over. Like I it's I over. mean, I have qualms, I guess, great. with the with the ending mostly. Because, yes, he does lose his marbles and go crazy and he becomes this, like, messy drunk at night and sees, like, ghosts of Christmas past every night. But mm-hmm. I don't think that was enough. Like, a- enough of a oh, comeuppance right, yeah. for this character and by no stretch. So I was annoyed that they didn't quite give him any anything more as far as what he was doing. Yeah, but if... if- if we had ended up with a courtroom scene, I would have been like... No, yeah, I don't think that that was appropriate either. <laughs> I'm never a fan of, like, final courtroom scenes and, like, what what they that. did to him legally. Like, no. Um, we can rest easy, though, that the someday reporters are on the, are on, the <laughs> on the story. They'll make sure that he is busted for his next thing. <laughs> uh, on that, I mean, on that note... 
what did you guys think of the ending? I mean, I guess we're jumping ahead, but that's fine. We can do what we like here. It's okay, Rambles, for a reason. Um, <laughs> what did you guys think of the ending? Because I think that I was reading some of the, because I was posting about Healer and my journey and some of the posting funny TikToks. And people were like, oh, the ending is so rushed. I needed more and all this stuff, which is a common thing for a lot of K-drama yeah. watchers to say. But ha- having it just happened to me like an hour ago, I was like, you know what? I, I think it's a little warranted in this case. Mm. I thought it was very quick and I thought it was just going to be more like we don't see we don't see Ji Tang-wook's character meet her mom officially as like all of the, wow. you know, all of the parts connected. Um, we don't see like more of a grand reunion with her mom. What happened to the villain brother, as I just said? What happened to the weasel shorty man who was doing a lot of like the bidding and the murder oh, and right. stuff? I was like, he's <laughs> a major worst. like issue. He's the worst. The worst. We never hear from that actress ever again, the one who was sexually exploited oh, during right. the beginning episodes. Oh, yeah. Like, she just, yeah. like, they, yeah. she leaves, and we never see her again. And I, more than anything, I was wanting a Shawshank ending to it where they meet, they're on an island. Like, I wanted them to be uh, on the island, yeah. on a beach somewhere, uh, well, kind of living out that... <laughs> right. You know, we got a rooftop in the middle of winter, which is not the same <laughs> as what I thought we were going to get. Um, you know, I mean, I agree. I think if I hadn't already watched it once, I probably would think it was rushed. Maybe I thought it was rushed back in the day. Um, but, you know, I I wanted more. I just wanted more of the Ajima. I wanted to know that the Ajima was working with them as kind of their, their person, like helping them do all their stuff. Like, I wanted to see more of that. But, yeah, mm. overall, we all – it was – I think it was going to be tough to stick the landing in any way, shape, or form because it was just, <laughs> where where do you go from being healer to now just being, you know, bongsu? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, how do you how do you make that palatable for the audience? They definitely did try and make it, you know, palatable, like you said, in the yeah. earlier episodes where he takes a hiatus from being healer mm-hmm. and he's just being that reporter, you know, rookie reporter in Sunday News. And she, it's very difficult for him. Like, he was just getting sleepy all day long, wasn't doing any work, was slacking off for, like, a $900 monthly paycheck. And he was like, what am I doing this for? <laughs> like, he was right. very, you know, not very good at his job as being a reporter. And I love how she was like, he's just like a cat that doesn't have anything to do at night anymore. So he just sleeps all day during the day. Right. And I'm like, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, I think for what they what they had to do, just showing them blissfully being, you know, basically their parents. But now, exactly, you know, a team again, another reporting team, him on the camera like his dad, her reporting like her dad doing their thing, Mm -hmm. but doing it healer style. I thought, yeah, I thought thought that was a pretty solid way to wrap it up. Right. I didn't mind that at all. It was just the like. The set dressing, I guess, for uh, the rest of it was like, okay. And then no answers for a lot of the villains and what they've mm-hmm. done. And anyway, yeah. Also, like, um, in episode 20, they show him, towards the beginning of the episode, he's sitting on a rooftop and he's singing. And I was like, this is major because he was kind of making fun of her 
earlier in the show for just busting out singing. And that was something that she used as uh, almost like a, some of, a form of self-soothing that she would just sing when she was scared or nervous or something. And it would kind of like break the tension. And you see him singing on the rooftop in episode 20. And I was like, he's doing it like he's it's, you know. It's right. nice. Yeah. I will say, I wish they would have carried that through more throughout the show. That was the one thing. They kind of dropped it around episode five or six. And then mm. it was just gone for like 10, 10 or 15 episodes. Yeah. You're right. I wish they would have carried that through a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, is this Ji Chang-wook's second drama where he's sitting on a rooftop, rooftop with the female lead sitting in between his legs? Because I was like, this is just like the K2 with oh. him and Yuna. <laughs> Sitting on the roof. We didn't. We didn't get that far. Dang. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. If someone out there knows know. if he's done that in other dramas, please like let a girl know because uh, this is another sort of universe. Like Park Min Young falls in love with her boss all the time, and like maybe mm-hmm. Ji Tang Wook is sitting up on rooftops every so often with his lady, like mm-hmm. sitting in between his legs. So, I think it's. I think it's oh. fair. I think it's fair. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> let me see. Um, oh, I do. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I do want to say, um, a couple uh, back in the a couple of years ago, uh, Jen did an astro look at Ji Chang Wook. You can find it on our YouTube channel. But it, it rewatching Healer with Jen's <laughs> information in my head of uh, Ji Chang Wook's characteristics as a Cancer is just <laughs> pretty. <laughs> She's so spot on. So so go back to our channel and take a look at it because there are some scenes where you're like, oh, this is, I don't think he's acting. I think this is him. <gasps> yeah, he's, There's, yeah. It's the, yeah, it's the loft. It's the, when they're in his loft and, she, um, oh God, that's actually one of my favorite scenes where she's in bed with him and he just, she just rolls over and he just, the look on his face, like the laser focus of his eyes, I just, Jesus, oh my God, Jesus. I don't know how many times I rewound that scene. No notes. Yeah. No notes. <laughs> 10 out yeah, of 10 no, I mean, scene. He's, he, if I remember his chart correctly, if I remember doing that one, he's got a lot of cancer in his chart. He, the boy is a stage five clinger, and I think we saw that in the uh, in that yes. scene of, in the law. <laughs> Uh, like, oh, when she's cooking and when he she's doesn't cooking, leave her alone. Right. Like, I mean, totally yeah. in her space. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah, no, like, I... Like, there was no acting involved there. He was just, they're just like, pretend you like her. And he's like, okay. Got it. I <laughs> could not get enough of those scenes. What, what was that? Like, episode 15 or so? She yeah. stays over. He's sick, obviously. She's got to take care of him. And yeah. they obviously spend the night together. And it's the morning after... They've obviously had sex, and this, I have in my notes, <laughs> in all caps, OMG, this man looks so fine, and the way he looks at her, <laughs> all caps, I say that, right? and yes. yeah, and then he says like in voiceover that he just can't believe it, he keeps thinking it's a dream, so he keeps confirming that it's all real, and he sticks to her like glue, he's just all over her, uh-huh. octopus hands, and I can't, like the kiss he, the kiss that he gives her when she finally turns around frustrated in the kitchen, like imprinted on my mind, like I just can't get enough, it is so good. That whole like end of episode 14 into the beginning of episode 15 is like why we watch K-dramas. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it is pitch perfect yeah. romance and uh, perfectly placed uh, 
intimacy in a drama and it, it was wonderful. Yes. Though can we can I just be can I just be that jerk Always. for lack of a better less yeah. offensive word. Go for it. When she first gets into the into the the warehouse that he sleeps in and she's Talk finds him. Yes. The only thing I could think of after he's been laying in that bed for six days and not getting out of it was oh, no, I was like stop. if he kisses her, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my shit. Because I need that boy <laughs> to brush his teeth. Like that's all I could think of the whole time. I'm like <laughs> I didn't remember if they kissed here or not. I knew they kissed in this in the warehouse, and I was like, "Oh God, I didn't get excited about this kiss, did I?" I no, like, no, I don't think he kisses he her he, right no, away. He doesn't. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, thank God." I was very worried. I was very worried for our girl. <laughs> well, she said. I mean, he gets up and she eat. Uh, she makes me yes. eat and stuff. So I think he might have cleaned himself up a bit. Yes. Uh, that she was says what, that was what I was hoping that cut was all about. And I just, that's where I went. I was like, he got up, he brushed his teeth, he took a quick shower. Yeah, yeah. Is good. They can do whatever they want now. I'm good. I love what she says to him, though, because he, he's trying to get her to leave. He's trying to get her to leave. Of course, he's doing that, trying to push her away. And she says, if you make me leave, you'll cry your whole life. Whole life, right? Isn't that and I was like, line ever? I don't think she's wrong. Like I think no. she, I think he's <laughs> will. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was a great moment. I loved that. That was great. No, yeah. I, everything else about that scene was fantastic. Just when she first came, out, I'm like, oh, okay, drama. Don't do this to me. Like, don't no. do it. Six days. He's Six been days in, in coat. Yeah. I don't care how hot Ji Chang Wook is in real life. Six days in a bed. That boy needs to go to the bathroom. You can't get odor <laughs> through the ca- yeah. through the screen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That. <laughs> There's been multiple times where I've watched a movie or something, especially because my sister, we live together and I'll turn to her. I'll pause the movie and I'll just be like, can you imagine how nasty these people smell right now? And she'll be like, oh, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. I will say the other two parts where I had a conniption was all the way in episode five. This is when I like actually fell in love with Ji Tang-wook. And like for me personally with this actor, like not even with the character. But anyway, it was the smirk at the end of episode five. He does this like Sherlock move where he calculates the effect of knocking over a shelf and he does it at an opportune time because she's in the middle of like a full-on panic attack and the asshole that she came to interview was acting crazy like beaten up on some poor actress in there and Ji Tang-wook's character's acting the part of Bong-su so he's acting all like soft and scared and she takes his hand and leads him out of this chaotic greenhouse that's like right? full of fl- like I don't know what dirt or flour or something that's in the air yeah, who knows and his worried baby face turns into this slightly devious smirk and I the best. lost the it. Best. I lost it. I was like, this is free. This is it right here. Like a plus plus. I have nothing to say. No comment. Like this was the moment. You know what I'm saying? Like the smirk at the end of episode five was when oh. I you know, the scales were taken off my eyes. I was like, that's it. Like, that's Suddenly it right you there. are joining the group where every time Ji Chang Wook puts out a drama, we're like, please be good. Please be, good. be good, please. <laughs> please be good. Oh, God, yeah. Um, I will say, uh, side note, this isn't like a particular scene, but 
I liked how the drama actually went through the trouble of telling you what they liked about each other and like what made Mm, them interested in each other. You know, he became interested in her because he found her reckless bravery really unusual and something to behold. And he thought of her as like an underdog. He admired her persistence and bravery and then on the other hand she's talking about healer becoming her second unrequited love because she empathized deeply with him and with him not wanting to know who who he is everyone nobody knew who he was and there was like this huge struggle with that with loneliness and solitude and she was like really into that and she was like I can't imagine like what he's feeling and so she kind of just segued into like a full-on crush after that and I was like this is something that a lot of k-dramas I feel like miss and we talked about that on our um my love from the star episode where there was like no like why are they falling in love with each other moment and Mm -hmm. I found this really positive about this show and the second scene that I was like breathing hard was the first snow (laughs) blindfold kiss in episode oh, eight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That one's, that's iconic. That one's iconic. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was, I didn't know yeah. how to act. Like I didn't know how to act. I was like, this is, this is the second coming of like the Spider-Man kiss because she's like, yeah. got the beanie halfway and he kisses yeah. her. And I was like, Oh God, like I'm lost. I'm lost. They lost me. Yeah. I, I will say, I mean, just, I mean, all these things were great and the, the uh, you know, obviously they were hot and they had great chemistry and all those things. But I, what I really, really liked about the romance in this show, I mean, it was 20 episodes. So yeah. Was, they, they had a lot of, they had a lot of real estate to fill up. And I thought they did a really nice job going back to what you said, Jess, about um, developing, I mean, short of the OST letting us know at all times that they are <laughs> everlasting love. Um, but they did a really nice job of story-wise taking us from the beginning, them meeting, meeting, and meeting, working together. And like the growth of this relationship was so well developed that all these moments and these places where they get the rooftop kiss or you get the hand holding in the movie theater or when they're in the coffee shop, like all these moments are so well earned Mm. that you're just, it's so satisfying. It's Mm -hmm. not like, why do you like her? She's pretty. Why do you like him? He's hot. Like it wasn't (laughs) that. It was, it was this growth for over 15, you know, 10, 15 episodes to get you there. And so that's what I really overall just thought I thought they did the relationship really really well that I mean it's it's I mean unfortunately it's still very rare to do it that well for that duration of time yes I agree I agree completely I mean 20 episodes is a lot that's a long ass time that's 20 hours to to keep it entertaining and And it was tight like I thought it was tight you know um yeah yeah so I had I had a good time with it uh I have a funny story that I like to tell to some people um, and it's, I don't know if you guys have watched this animated movie called The Swan Princess from like oh the late God. 90s. No. All right. So The Swan Princess, it, it, we grew up on this movie, me and my sister, and she recently just asked for it on DVD for Christmas, which is like asking, I don't know, for like the page master on DVD for Christmas. <laughs> it's like of that ilk. So she was like excited. We watched it <laughs> like a month or so ago. And there's this scene in it where the male lead is like, uh, you know, arrange the marriage or whatever. And the female lead goes, wait, wait, wait. Um, 
you know, what do you love about me? And he says, well, you're beautiful. (laughs) She goes, what else is there? And he doesn't have an answer. And everyone's like, what are you doing? You fumbled the bag. And the marriage is called off. So we quote that to each other all the time now. We're just like, what else is there? Like, because... Yeah. So I kind of fall back on that in like my heart of hearts when I watch a K drama. Yeah. Of course they're beautiful, but like what else is there? So right. yeah. this yeah. this show answered that for us and yeah. they did a very good job about it. Um I did you have anything else to add about like the romance? Because we went like romance heavy at this we point. We did go romance heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just really well done. I mean, it was yes. just super, super satisfying. Like, at the end of the day, it was just a really satisfying romance, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad it held up because, you know, in, back in 2016, there were a few dramas that I kept seeing over. These are the ones to watch. And Healer was definitely one of them. And, like, it's just exploded since then. There's so many high-quality, action-filled, romance, K-drama soup dramas that it was really fun to go back and rewatch this. So thank mm-hmm. you for asking yeah. us because man, Ji Chang Wook, I Ugh. I do kind of so I do see together. a Ji Chang Wook rabbit hole for me pretty soon. Like I think I'm gonna have to go back and finish it. <laughs> what was the one that he just did that I dropped because I just ran out of time? I may have to go finish it now because I with, need some more Ji oh. Chang Wook in my life. Um, <laughs> the one where he's uh, the if you wish upon me thug in the oh. hospital. Yeah. yeah. I didn't hate it. I just Chase didn't love it. But if I'm also looking forward me. to the worst evil where he's playing a detective. With Weeha Jun. Weeha Jun. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Weeha Jun's in it. I love Weeha yeah. Jun. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of I'm Little sorry. Women, so yeah. yeah. Little Women. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to freak out. But I just like low. Like, I guess high key at this point. I like a high key love Weeha Jun. Um, right. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. We get it. I love him. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Uh, the last but, couple I mean, things. Oh, sorry. That, oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, I was just gonna say the last couple things that I have in my notes about Healer was um, it, I guess, Ji Chang-wook's character, Healer's journey of identity, because um, throughout the show, he was kind of questioning what he does as his job is that he has to be fake, never let people see him. But when he's with her. He's questioning, like, should I be my true self? And what even is his true self? What's his true identity? What does he actually want in life and stuff? And I found that really refreshing for him to actually muse about that. It's really convenient that he has Ajuma Hacker to talk to mm-hmm. throughout the show because he's asking her really deep existential questions every few episodes. And she's like, just get back to work. Like, it doesn't matter. Hang up the phone. Like, you know, get it together. And... It's nice, like, to see him actually struggling with that um, topic of identity. And I thought that the show, second second to that, did such a good job of just payoff, like, having a great sense of payoff toward the end of the show. A lot of things or quirks about the characters that you don't really think twice about are given meaning later in really mm-hmm. believable ways. Like, um, Park Min-young's character doesn't drive, and she realizes that, oh, it must be because of some childhood trauma. And she, like, has nightmares about cars, like, racing down the road because she was found on the side of a highway. And it's this whole thing. And stuff like that is, I guess, difficult to do because you don't see it that often in, in K 
K-drama and done well. So I really appreciated that about the show. Yeah. And I think that's it. Yeah, it was really rich in terms of where they came from, abandonment, um, Mm -hmm. but finding family, found family. And it's just such a rich drama that, that had so much amazing action and eye candy <laughs> and laughs also. And then it just, mm-hmm. it just, it scratched so many itches. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I absolutely do. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, just to go back to the whole, uh, Puck Min Young's character, uh, Che Young Shin, I just, I appreciate the fact that she didn't, she over, instead of starting at a place of, of depression and loss and tragedy and grief she already started in a happy place i appreciated that because Mm. i feel like that is a a huge one that we always end up with so to see her happy from the get from the jump and then you know adding to that happiness and working through whatever grief additional grief you know she was still working through without it like derailing her i really i i appreciated watching such a strong female character you know cover 20 episodes i really really i appreciate that about even on a rewatch that she was Mm. able to you know, he's the one who fell apart and went, you know, AWOL for six days and didn't eat or drink and had to have her use her, you know, safe cracking skills to break into Quit. his house. Quit. Right? Check off yeah. uh, check off safe cracking skills. Right. Because they had like, they made uh, Yeah. They had so to have I her had to pay do that it. off. They yeah. showed it in episode. Right? One. They, they I know. I know. We had we had the door opening with the hairpin. We had the safe cracking in another one. Yeah, it was all. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I just I appreciate that she that we've said it a million times, but the fact that she was not a damsel in distress throughout the whole thing, and it wasn't like she was a strong woman, and then all of a sudden she meets Healer, and she, all of a sudden she needs to be rescued every three episodes. Mm-hmm. Like I really, I it was it was super. I really enjoyed that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She does, I mean, I'm thinking, she does spiral uh, after she finds out that her mom's alive and who her mom is and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that her his dad, like, supposedly killed her dad. There was this whole drama there. And she does kind of spiral into anger and then depression. And when Healer comes to see her, this is a great scene. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't bring this up earlier. But Healer comes to see her. He's like, oh, I've been calling you. Like, we haven't been answering. And he hugs her and she's like stiff like she doesn't hung him back she's not looking at him she's really awkward and you know he calls her out on it and he's like oh is it about this like I'm trying to I'm doing my best to kind of clear my dad's name clear my name I'm not a murderer and the it's just the way he like backs out of the room it was like this sadness and hurt there and you think she won't fix it like you think she won't kind of come to her senses after that because she's just been fed all of this crazy information and she's like processing Mm it but she does fix it right away she comes downstairs before he leaves she runs down and tells him that you know yes find proof of your dad's innocence and and come back to me and then she takes it a step further and she says but even if you don't find anything come back come back to Mm me and i was like that is so key and then they hug and then he (laughs) kisses her in front of the dad's and I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's great. It's great. She's so strong. She's really yeah. strong. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I think we have been here for quite a long time talking about healer. We could probably go on, but we're going to, we're going to call it. 
Okay, like this this drama is 20, <laughs> 20 hours long. We're not going to be here for 20 hours. So um, I want to thank you guys for, for coming on the show, for being so gracious and saying yes to coming on and watching, rewatching Healer for for this special Devake Rambles episode. It means so much to me. And I thank you. Um, I hope this isn't the last time you guys come on. We had a lot of fun. Uh, where can people find you guys online, Jenna and Marisa? You can find us at at the K3 pretty much everywhere. That's kind of our handle everywhere on YouTube, Twitter, and uh, Instagram. Yep. And we do our live uh, K-drama coffee break every Sunday or every Sunday we can make it <laughs> due to work schedules. <laughs> but And that's where we talk about everything that's kind of ha- we're watching uh, currently. So all the, we talk about the premieres, we talk about the finales and what our current watch list is and then kind of just chat and it's alive so you can you know make your comments and we can respond to that and you can we have a great crew in the comments that you know if you're not if you're watching something that we're not watching they will definitely fill you in you can have a whole conversation there and that's every sunday yes. 11 30 at um uh pacific time yes please check them out please go follow them at the k3 on all the socials they are very active on there they will respond to your comments they will respond to your dms okay like it's not like a void or whatever if you want to talk to jenna marisa they're wonderful great resources if you want k-drama recommendations they got them they do deep dives on your favorite actors as well and the k the k3 coffee breaks are great if you are more of a podcast person so please like check them out they're wonderful i'm a huge fan and you know that's that's been our show we're here at the end but we're not done yet season four is still happening thank you guys have a wonderful evening Yeah, and that's been our show. I love you guys. Okay, till next time. I'm Jessica, (laughs) and this has been the Devaki Rambles podcast.